So they chose me as a stand-in. So now, let's band together. Make this a grand endeavor we can remember forever. And when the beat drops out, let's chant together and say, Put your hands together. Here we go. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Sorry, I yelled right into the mic. Podcast listeners at home and live audience, hello and welcome to the show. You're such a wonderful audience. One more round of applause for your damn selves for being here and great. My name is Zach Sherwin. Uh, As you heard, I am the guest host for the show tonight. Today, I had an important project to work on that I'm a little nervous about. And instead of doing that, I wrote the rap that you just heard. So... I hope that experience really paid off for you because it cost me dearly, to be honest. Um, I'll be fine. I have till Tuesday. Uh, It's wonderful to be here. I am uh, fresh off the proverbial shit shower and shave. Um, And then I had a regular water shower to wash off the shit shower. I I never know whether to do new jokes on the show or exactly what the right thing is. But uh, no matter what, I'm glad you're all here. Make some noise if it's your first time at PYHT. Nice. That was really impressive that it was your first time at the show, but yet you all understood the acronym PYHT. That was really great. Fast thinking. You're ahead of the curve. Um, yeah. You seem especially excited. Do you, do you like to be interacted with by hosts of comedy shows? Oh, you love the podcast. You made other audience members say, ah. You charmed people. Wow. Oh my, there are many of, are you all the family? Clap if you're the family. You two in the second row back got roped into this thing. They're like crash, they're family crashers. Wow. You don't, you're right. You're not part of the family. You didn't clap. You two. You're just sitting near them. Cool. Wow. Who is everyone? You. You're you. Mom. Okay. So close that you're like family. But let's be honest, you're not family. If it came down to it, if the shit really goes down. Okay, no blood. Okay. Okay, of who? Oh, of the cousin. Okay, getting pretty distant. And you are? What's that? Also a cousin. First, second? Like, is there a number for how distantly we're related? I don't even know. Okay. Beloved cousin. Beloved cousin. Your mom's fine. She, did a good, she didn't do anything wrong. You also didn't do anything wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. Everyone's fine. 
The host's job is to put the audience at ease and relax into the show by angrily telling them that everything and everyone is fine. Um, just for you comedy newbies. Well, great. I'm so glad you came. That is a deep devotion to the podcast to want to bring other people here. If it goes off the rails, it's on your shoulders. You have sat with this and considered it. That's great. That's really, really good. She brought you anyway. I'm saying it again because, you know, like future versions of her on the podcast. You're not mic'd, so they have to hear the interaction that we're having. I do imagine... No, no, no. You're doing great. That's why I'm repeating it. I'm not telling you to be quiet. I'm directing you address... I'm, I'm directing you addressly. Um, <laughs> is what I said. <laughs> wow. Who knew that was going to happen? This is a true story. I once did a comedy show and the host was new and a little flustered and he really did say, you're a great cloud, crap it up. That is... <laughs> unembellished. Can I tell you some crazy shit? I was talking to a friend and I remembered that story. It happened like three years ago and I remembered it earlier today and I was like, why did my brain cough that up? And then it came in handy tonight. If there are any atheists in the crowd, you're welcome slash I'm sorry. Did that thought make sense? I've never said it before. May I inquire, who are the two of you? Jay and Loretta from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hello, Jay and Loretta from Chattanooga, Tennessee. The crowd's so excited. You're like exotic birds to us. Tell us more. What Are you related to somebody on the show? Are you fans of the podcast? My brother's an actor. I'll repeat for the listeners. Brother's an actor who lives up the street encouraged you to come. Wow, that's cool. Usually the UCB demo is like um, dreamy hipsters who uh, get a little bit uptight when they're described as hipsters. So seeing you, you're like a different and it's interesting and catches my attention. I've done some shows in Chattanooga. I used to have material about experiences I had in Chattanooga. I'm frantically trying to dredge it up from my memory banks. That's what it sounds like when comedians think. The river walk is a thing I went to? They nodded in recognition. It must be true. There's like a statue of an animal by the river, a big animal. Ooh, one for two. One for two. Um, cool. Well, I'm really glad you're here. How's Los Angeles treating you? Wonderful. We're here waiting for the birth of our first great-grandchild. Waiting for the birth of their first great-grandchild? You're like, we don't even have grandchildren, so there's like a long way to go. But we're here and waiting and... Uh... What's that? You have nine grandchildren? Wow, congratulations on having such attractive children that they would be in a position to make nine grandchildren. Is that an okay joke to make to these people I don't know? I don't know. It was okay. Jay and Loretta, what a pair of champions. Wow. Well, when is, when is your grandbaby expected? The 18th. The 18th. Yeah, so we're hoping to get back to Chattanooga before he comes. Oh. Wait, you're hoping to get back to Chattanooga before your grandbaby arrives on the 18th? That's right. That is confusing to me. It seems like you would want to stay until he arrives. Why, why don't you want to stay till he arrives? Is it because you hate... It, 
one theory that occurs to me, you don't like Los Angeles. No, we do. You do, okay. Whoa, you might have... I felt the crowd back off a little bit on that response. We're, it, is there something I'm not grasping about this? You don't want to be here for the ordeal of it? No, the grandbaby's in Chattanooga. We came right before he was born. So we come here to celebrate we're having a great grandbaby before he gets here. <laughs> I, I am sober as a judge, and I did not understand one word of that explanation. So I'm just going to set it down and thank you for being such obliging crowd work subjects. What a crowd work? Why, why do I have to put that label on just an interaction between two humans enjoying each other's company? You, uh, I wish every audience member, I'm going to single you out, but I'm being as nice as I possibly can. You have the most expressive, do you know people, I'm one of them, who when they dance, they act the words out with their hands? You are like that, but with your face to my jokes. When I said the thing before about like hipsters who get offended when you describe them as such, you turned to the person that you're here with and made a face like, I mean, he's right, we do get offended. <laughs> and yet it was the least offended, most jolly, easygoing type of face I could imagine. What do you do for work? Can I guess? Unemployed. No, just kidding. <laughs> Guys, how do I do it? Um, are you a teacher? I make video games. You make video games? Yep. Whoa. <laughs> porn ones? <laughs> that wasn't my first thought. They do have porn video games. Am I wrong about that? You're not wrong. Thank you. <laughs> um, what kind of video games do you make? League of Legends. League of Legends? Ooh, a couple nerds wooed. Great. What, what kind of game is that? It's like a fantasy combat game. Fantasy combat. Cool. And what do you do for it? Like, I'm what's your role? I'm a producer. You produce the game. Yeah. I don't make the art. Don't make the art. I don't code the game. Don't code the game. But, uh, what do you do? <laughs> Those are the only two parts of making a game. The art and the code. You're right about that. Actually, the textbook uh, expose of the gaming industry is titled The Art and the Code. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I am making it up. But you're a fantastic comedy partner. Thank you. Have you ever, like, led a workshop or anything like that? Have you ever been asked to do that? Or, like, supervised someone who works at your company? Yeah. So you are a teacher. Okay, great. Um, I don't lose crowd interactions. Thank you. Um, anyone else want to enter the arena? No, just kidding. You guys are so fun. This is going to be a really, really great show. We have excellent people on it. Um, I'm going to think about my Chattanooga things and remember a story to tell you. Oh, 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 oh. No, I shouldn't do it now, but I am going to think about it, and I'll check back in with you later in the show. So um, it's going to be a fantastic lineup. What's going to happen is we'll have comedians on. I, when I go on a walk, I like to know like about how long we have left on the walk. I hate when someone's like, we're almost there, and then there's like 25 more minutes of the walk, and you're like, I've been in almost their mode for like a mile and a half. So um, there's going to be comedians on. Each one's going to do about seven minutes, and I'll be popping up in between and delighting you and keeping the momentum going. And... Uh, it's like, in L.A., it's an embarrassment of riches of comedians who are on, but everybody here either already has been on TV or will be on TV or deserves to be on TV but hasn't because this is a cruel, unfair business in a big competitive city. But you guys really are in for a fantastic show, and I'm so glad you're here. So can we do one more room-unifying round of applause?
I will now put the mic back in the stand. It's I'm always so conscious of the podcast listeners. I wish I could get out of the prison that is my self-conscious brain, but it's also part of what makes me funny, so I'm also grateful for it. They teach you that speech at Hosting 101 class that he teaches. Okay. Um, your first comedian coming up to the stage is fantastic. She is so funny. She is a friend of mine. She is impressively credentialed. We just performed at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival together this weekend in Portland, Oregon. She's here now. Please welcome April Richardson, everybody. Hi, you guys. How's it going? Shout out to the couple from Chattanooga. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh my God. When I say that on stage, it usually gets deafening silence. And I just want to tell them, I, and also everyone who cheered for Atlanta, when I first moved here, um, you don't find a lot of Southerners in LA. The first job that I had when I moved here was at a magazine and everybody had moved from like New Jersey or something. And um, I, they would ask me the weirdest questions. One time before a lunch break, they genuinely asked me if I put molasses on everything before I ate it. What? I, huh? They didn't even do that on Hee Haw. It's like a stereotype I've never heard of. And then I was doing data entry to college, and the lady uh, who was my boss there, when she found out I was from Georgia, openly made fun of me to my face all the time. And the weekend before Martin Luther King Day, she goes, hey, just so you know, you don't have to come in on Monday because it's Martin Luther King Day. Do you know who he is? <laughs> she for real asked me that. It was crazy. I was like, oh, I'm from Atlanta, where he's from, first of all. He was born and raised there. There's a giant monument to him in the middle of the city. Uh, second of all, I don't know what you know about the South, but we're not all homeschooled by Klansmen. So we quit that like 20 years ago. Read a book. All right. I'm so, I was at Bridgetown, which is why I'm hoarse. It was awesome. I want to do real jokes and not yell about the girl who kept coming. I DJ'd one of the after parties because I'm very cool. And the late, and this girl came up. I just turned 38. Hold your applause. And I was DJing the after party. And a girl who could not have been more than 20 years old kept harassing me. And at one point came up and goes, uh, yeah, will you play something everybody knows? And it was during a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> I was furious. And I was like, fuck you entirely. Everyone's dancing except you. It's not my fault that you don't know what this is. Also, because I find that I that attitude is so infuriating because you're not allowed to have it. Like, I, I, I'm sorry that you're young. That's not my fault. And you have you're supposed to know about shit before that. If everybody had that attitude, we wouldn't have professions like historians or archaeologists. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, I didn't see those dinosaur bones on YouTube, so I'm not going to go dig them up. I hate, oh, I hate youth. All right. I want you to do me a favor since you're uh, a fan of the podcast. I need you to read this text message into the microphone. Mom, he is the funniest man alive. Exclamation point. I love Steve Harvey. And, and again, who's that from? Mom. That's right. It's one of the weekly text messages I get from my mom about Steve Harvey. <laughs> Minimum weekly. Sometimes more than weekly. 
completely unsolicited. Never one time have I ever been like, Mom, how do you feel about Steve Harvey? Let me know. That's never happened. Uh, I get them out of the blue. It'll be like Tuesday, 2 p.m. Hey, I love Steve Harvey. All right. On the phone. We're talking about family jams, and my mom's like, Steve Harvey's the best. Okay. I mean, I, it was happening so often that I really got nervous. Like, I was like, does my mom want to bang Steve Harvey? What's happening? Is mom going to leave dad for Steve Harvey? And then thankfully, shortly after thinking that, I did get a text that I swear to God, and I quote, I love Steve Harvey. I wish he was my friend or neighbor. <laughs> I promise. So I was like, okay, well, at least she's not trying to hit it. But like, I, and I, get, I went home to Atlanta like a month ago to visit and we were sitting on the couch talking and like mid-sentence, my mom jumps up because she's like, oh my God, Steve Harvey shows on, goes, turns it on and watches it. I did not follow her. Um, and then that night at dinner, she was giving me, you know, the minutes of the meeting, like telling me every detail about that day's episode. And apparently his dad was on it. Like he, his dad was the guest and they were, you know, trading crazy family stories. And she goes, oh my God, his dad was on. It was so funny. And it was, I, I just, it seemed so much fun. And it just made me think, imagine how much fun it must be to be related to a comedian. <laughs> yeah, that's what my mom said to me at dinner. And I went, oh, do you mean like your only child is a comedian? And she went, no, I mean like a real one. There's never a time I don't get pity when I tell this. And here's what I have to tell you, though. I, like I just said, I'm an only child, right? So those of you with siblings know, like I was free. I had zero comparisons growing up. I never had to hear anything like, why can't you be more like your brother? Or why can't you get straight A's like your sister? Like I never had to deal with any of that shit. And it was awesome. But I don't know. I'm here to tell you now that I might trade a childhood of those comparisons for an adulthood of why can't you be more like Steve Harvey? <laughs> that is a very high bar, Donna. I don't know in a single zoot suit. <laughs> but it really is such a classic parent. I mean, that is just like the parental view of show business. You know what I mean? Because it's like I guess the equivalent is if you get a, you know, normal job in an office or something, and then two weeks later, your parents call, and they're like, are you president of the company yet? Why not? Like, it's, oh, because it doesn't work that way. Um, okay, really quickly, because I already told you up top that I'm angry and old. And I don't feel that, I never feel that way until I, I walk around Los Angeles. When I go anywhere else, I'm fine, because 38 is normal, and then in L.A., it's like 75. But... So here it's weird, but I, this is, I'm going to try to tell this quickly. It's a true story for real. This happened a couple weeks ago. I was in the post office. You're, and I swear to God, this is all true. I was standing in line at the post office and a girl who must've been like 16 or 17 came up to me and she was holding an envelope and she genuinely goes, how do you mail something? I prom and I thought I was being pranked. So I was, I was like, I'm sorry, what? How do you mail? And she was like, how do you mail something? And I said, you write the address on it and you put postage on it. And she goes, okay. And turned to that, you know, island in the thing and like wrote the address on it, turned back to me and presented it to me for my approval <laughs> and was like, oh, like this and almost put it in the mail slot until I said, no, you have to put postage on it. And she goes, what's postage? <laughs> Swear to God. 
And I go, well, that's why we're all waiting in line here. You have to pay to mail things. And she was just like, okay, and stood behind me in line. And I was like, I, how is this happening for real? And then I got up to the window because I was there to pick up a vintage typewriter that I had purchased on eBay. And so as I'm picking that up, I was like, there's no way this girl doesn't think I'm a time traveler. Or a ghost. Those are the two options. And that was the most sobering moment since my birth. Because I was like, I didn't know I was going to reach an age where there were going to be people on the planet who were like, what's male? So that's, that's how old I am, guys. Thank you so much. April Richardson. Tip of the iceberg. I remembered some Chattanooga material. I did a little digging into the archives. I'll tell them, because they don't know. There's a thing in Chattanooga called the Chickamauga Dam. Thank you, L, which is what I'm going to call you, because I don't remember your entire name. Loretta. Loretta. That's what I thought, but I was a little scared to say it. Now I know. Anyways, um... I have a vague recollection, this was a few years ago, of saying to crowds, drove past the Chickamauga Dam on my way to the club. Not the most romantic place you could envision, although its name is Chickamauga Dam. (laughs) I know, but there I was doing it unironically. (laughs) Hope that was good for you guys. Um, your next comedian coming to the, I'll work on coming out with more. I Googled Chattanooga Riverwalk sculpture and got nothing to clear up whatever I thought before. So we may have to let that one die. Your next comedian, uh, is a friend of mine. He is such a funny dude and, uh, I'm so glad to bring him to the stage. Please welcome the very funny Caleb Sinan. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, did you say holy skit? Yeah. Kudos. I like it. <laughs> you succeed. Caleb and I, you, I, I said we're friends, but Caleb, if you can still do coffee on Thursday, I also can. You got it, dude. Okay. I think we said four, and it still works for me. Um, that's a real thing. You're seeing behind the curtain. The sausage is getting made. Caleb is literally behind the curtain over there. So, um, I once had a person come up to me and say, how's comedy going? And I said, well. And he said, you know what you need? One of those people who manages your career. And then he said, what are those called? How did he come up with the word manages? but not the name for a person who manages. I tried to think of another example to compare it to just now, and I was like, a teenager teenages. And I was like, nope, that that does not work. That example is a bad one. Thanks, brain. Clap if you were confused until Caleb explained in the joke that the bee fell off of blizzards and you weren't sure why it said that on the sign. Was that anyone? That must have been nice when it came around. 
Would you care to share what you thought? Like, what, did you have a guess as to where the joke was going before it, like, clarified for you? No guess? You were like, he's a professional. I'm sure he'll take it somewhere that makes it a joke. Did you picture a lizard eating ice cream at any point? That must have been cute to think about. I've never had the set of words that would make me think that, so I'm a little envious of you. Because, like, most of these people, I figured it out. But uh, that's great. You got to have an extra experience. Your next comedian uh, has a podcast. Um, If you're listening to this podcast, you already like podcasts, so check out his podcast. It'll be more of a medium you enjoy. Uh, It is called Air Buds, and you can find it on the internet. It's about basketball, and it's a podcast. And there's so many puns, it's hard to really lock them all down. It's a great title. He's a great comic. You're going to love him. Please welcome Jamel Johnson, everybody. Yeah, 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 nigga, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep clapping because y'all are staring at me and shit. Keep it, keep it right there. That's where I like it, thank you. Men and women are different. Yeah, keep clapping, nigga, yeah, keep it. No, okay, stop, 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 stop. my bad, my bad. Uh, Can I open up to y'all immediately? I went to public school, okay? Hell yeah. And uh, for the first two years of high school, every day I ate two blueberry muffins. <laughs> Subsequently, I have titties I can never get rid of. <laughs> These are until I die. <laughs> Been doing Kale's Whole30, 360, don't matter. You know what I, I, high school, you know what it was? Football, man. Fucking ruined me. I played for a while, and it's just the worst institution. Besides car sales, football probably the most fucked up, honestly. (laughs) It's just too much, man. The testosterone is, it's too much. Here's football. You got to touch everybody's butt here, or you the weird one. (laughs) But only for these two hours a day. If you do it after the two hours, you still the weird one. The misogyny is ingrained, whole grains. (laughs) I remember the day I decided I was going to quit. I didn't quit in the moment, but I put in my two weeks notice, goddammit. I was, we were playing a, a, a rival school. It was a road game, and we were getting our ass whooped. It was 42 nothing at halftime. And if you don't like football, the numbers don't matter. I wasn't having a good time, that's the point. And the coach comes in, and he's like too mad to talk. You know what I'm saying? He's fucking, he's spinning around doing Tasmanian devil looking shit. And then he finally talks, and he's like, what the crap was that? You guys went out there, and you played like your peepees were this big. For the listening audience, I'm holding up a very small, like a two centimeter, thereabout penis. I'll never forget it. I looked at the kicker. I was like, man, did this nigga just say pee-pees? I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. Don't need to be. You mean to tell me you won't curse, but you'll comment on my dick size in front of 50 of my shittiest peers? These are the worst 50 guys I know. My man is loving it, yes. 
for the rest of y'all, the penis is very important to adolescence. That's a thing. Real important. Dudes, that's all we think about, man. That dick, man. Some of y'all think about your dicks right now. Once you heard dick, you started, you know what I mean? Clinched up a little bit. I could feel it. I could feel it coming off you. Sex is the source of all of our anxiety. Men, I mean. It's all we think about, man. For years. You remember, bro. Remember when you was 12, dog? You remember that? In the lunch line, like, oh man, I hope my dick works later. I don't know when, but this motherfucker better activate. You know that feeling? I, yeah, I remember it. Those are, if you a man, there's only one rule. Either you fucking or you fucking up. Those are the rules of manhood. And I'm not saying that's fair, it just is what it is, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of pressure. But here's what we gotta understand, fellas. The pressure we feel to be good at sex, that's the pressure women feel about every other goddamn activity. Did you guys know? And I'm not even, I wasn't even looking for claps, nigga. I just found out. This shit is fucked up. It is fucked up. Round the damn clock. Did you know, did y'all know that women have to look good? This shit is not a choice. Have to. Or nobody cares if they live or die. Did you know that? You know how I found out, man? You guys, uh, anybody uh, fans of Wes Anderson? You're at this show, so I know you know who the nigga is, but if you're a fan... I, did you guys know his girlfriend was ugly? I was, I read, I was looking at a blog, and I don't know the validity of the blogs, but you know, they had a fucking... It, the title of the blog was Check Out Wes Anderson's Unattractive Girlfriend at the Oscars. And I was appalled. And then I went over there and clicked on it, and you know what? They was hating, honestly. She looked all right to me, mad decent. I was especially impressed that it was a human, because honestly, for years, I thought Wes Anderson's girlfriend was just like a quirky drawing of an owl, you know what I'm saying? Like a little owl with some corduroy pants on. For, on some real shit, I thought he went home and kissed that. So I thought he did. Outfits, very important to women. About as, I'm not gonna say it's as important as sex. Probably, that's the, the only equivalent I can come up with. The outfit is very important. I feel like everybody here chose a good one intentionally. You know what I mean? You know how I know it's real? Cause you've never seen a group of five women and like only one of them has sweatpants on. Think about that shit. Either everybody got sweatpants on or don't nobody got sweat, you know what I mean? Like, there was a group email that went out about the... But you know the difference between sex and, and getting dressed is? As a man, if you're about to get some sex, you know what I'm saying, you don't have two hours alone in the bathroom to wrap your mind around it, you know what I'm saying? You can't try on a sarong, you feel me? You can't, you know what I'm saying? Switch to Beyonce CD. It's not, the, it's not enough time. Take your pants off right now. You know what I'm saying? It is, it is high octane. It is mediante. You understand what I'm saying? And fellas, if you don't know how to fuck, I really don't know what to tell you, but I do have one tip. If you're blowing it in the boudoir and you want to save a little face, here's what you do. 
the moment you realize you're doing a bad job, and I mean the millisecond, okay? You go for that power stroke, and you get nothing back. You feel me? No visuals. It's just window screensavers. You feel me? It's fucking like 3D balloons with the spikes. That's you now. That's what you're up to. Here's what you do. Immediately get out of bed and start making fun of this woman's outfit. Yeah, you feel that? That's real! I don't know what's gonna happen next, but I promise both of y'all feelings will be hurt equally. Like, oh, Jamel, you didn't fuck me good. Oh, well, at least I didn't buy them stupid-ass culottes and them little boots and fucking limited two boots you got on. Yeah, right. Oh, well, I'm limited as well. What you think about that? Limited as well is gonna crush for the listening audience. Everybody, uh, you guys have been great. Uh, I got about 12 seconds left. I'm gonna go ahead and waste them. Just wanna let you guys know, uh, you're very cool. You can also follow me at soccer niggas on Twitter. No, you cannot say it. Mel Johnson. A dose of gender and race issues in the closing 30 seconds of that set, leaving us with food for thought. All right. Uh, I am similarly excited as I have been for the other ones. What am I doing? I am similarly excited to bring your next comic to the stage. What the fuck? So weird. I like the part where we talked about your dick. It was so specific. Uh, may I just ask why you pointed to the person next to you? She seems to enjoy both me. Oh. Uh, all right. I'm just. I'm just gonna move on. Uh, you guys are a good crowd. Okay. Um, your next comic was also at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival this weekend, and you may recognize her from her one-episode guest arc on the television show Wings. Please welcome Karen Kilgariff. We got a bunch of hot wings in the audience. <laughs> Is that what they were called? Wing nuts? Obviously, it's wing nuts. Why didn't I say wing nuts first? Stool. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so infuriating. <laughs> Tony Shaloub was stoned. I'm positive that he was stoned the whole time. Oh, you don't want backstage wings facts? All right. <laughs> Fine, I'll just go into my set. <laughs> um, I really love stand-up comedy. I've been doing it for over 61 years. And um, I started in San Francisco, um, and we used to do this thing at the punchline where I started. At the end of every show, the comics would hang around by the exit you know, talk, pretending to talk to each other just in case somebody from the audience wanted to compliment them on their set. So there was this one night where I was standing there, hair just being blown back by how quickly people were passing me to not 
in any way compliment me on what I had presented that evening. Um, and right as almost everybody was gone and I'd given up hope entirely, I looked over and there was a man and a woman leaving and the man was pretty much carrying this woman who was just shit-faced drunk, like kind of toes dragging everything, you know, like, and then she'd get back and then, and then they'd drag again. And so I was watching it like, oh, this is intense, I'm into this. And right as they got in front of me, she suddenly came alive and she was like, she was like, oh, you made me so sad. That's when I knew I want to do that for the rest of my life. Just fucking bum drunks out. Just fucking destroy the depressed with my comedy. <laughs> and so that's what I have been doing. Um, see, I called my dad yesterday and he texted me back, so I guess he just wants to keep it casual. It just hurts. That does hurt a little bit. Getting a stiff arm from my dad. He actually came down to visit. A lot of people don't understand my personality. It's, it's, uh, it's not very modern these days. Everyone's so nice and friendly and communicative. And I was raised by just highly enraged Irish Catholic people. Um, <laughs> Who like every time, anytime my friend called me at home, my dad would answer the phone and be like, hello! <laughs> and then I'd get on the phone and I'd be like, hello? And my friend would be like, oh my God, are you in trouble? Sorry. And I'd be like, no, no, we were having a pretty good time actually. <laughs> right before you called, we were all hugging and stuff. That's my dad at his happiest. And then, then if you turn out the bathroom light, that all falls apart. I mean, don't, you don't turn it off. Shit. Oh, this bit. Why didn't I work it out beforehand? If the light's on, he's mad. If it's off, he's happy. Um, I guess I have been having kind of a hard time lately because my dog walker quit to become a DJ. Which is like the most LA thing that I think can happen to you at all. And it was incredibly hurtful because you can do both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, one in no way crosses over into the world of the other at all. At all. Just say you hate my dogs. Just tell me to my fucking face that you hate my dogs. She was like, I'm sorry, I, I can't walk your dogs anymore because I have to... Um, wait around until night. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks anyway. I really want to talk about this, but I don't... It, I mean, it is super not worked out, but it's, it's something that... Ha I have to figure it out at some point, how to talk about it. But my least favorite question in the world is, how's your love life? Is that the worst fucking... It's always somebody that you know that's married or has, is in a relationship and you go and eat with them and they have you trapped at a fucking table. <laughs> yeah, you've already gone over other stuff and then it's like, how's your love life? 
that's like that's like going like, hey, so are you still fat? I'm not. Sh- I don't know what your deal is. Like, bitch, you know that if there was anything going on, I would have called you like seven minutes after it happened. Why are you asking me? So irritating to me. It's just, you might as well just be like, say you're alone. Say you're alone out loud to me before the appetizers come. Tell me you're alone right now before we eat chicken. Say it. And also, there's no way to report that information anyway, because these days it's like, these days you don't know what you're doing with anyone ever. No one calls anything, right? So it's like, it's like you make a plan with somebody, but it's not a, it's not a date. Certainly, never a date. And it's like a, like a focused hang. It's just like, it's almost like, do you agree to be in the same place for like two hours? And just be chill about it? Okay, good, good, yeah, I can do that. And my problem is I can. Like, I'm really good, as when you see my Wings episode, you'll see I'm a really good actress. I can fake it. I can fake it for like two-thirds of the hang. And then it falls apart, like one thing will happen, and it'll fall apart so terribly. So like this, what I'm thinking of specifically is this, I went bowling with my friend, Um, who has a beautiful face. And so, like, if he wanted to do more than bowl, how could I deny him that and just go into the dark lady's corner to talk about private things? I mean, ladies, I wanted that D. So, sorry. Um, But it was casual, and and I don't know. I I, I was an alcoholic when I was 14, so any of the time I should have spent developing my ability to have a relationship with another person, I was blacked out. And so anytime I'm in that position, the only thing that comes to mind, you know, and like it's that moment where you're kind of smiling at each other and you don't know things or whatever. And then the the 14-year-old drunk in my head goes, kick him in the shins! And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. That's not not the plan. Um, And so that's what happened is is we were bowling, which seems like the most fun, chill, low-key. You could be friends. You could be lovers. Anything is possible bowling, right? You could, everybody walks away clean and having done some light arm exercises. Like, what a night. But about two-thirds of the way into the hang, I realized all bowling is is just inviting a person to, for like short 20 second stints, stare at your ass. So it's just like, I know me too, and it's amazing I have the same political opinion. Anyway. (laughs) So when I put that together, it was fucking horrifying. I wouldn't. I wouldn't lead with my ass, given the opportunity. That's not, I don't think it's my strongest suit. And so the panic set in, and when that happens, I again, like the the (laughs) drunken 14-year-old, I leave my body and kind of black out, and then my mouth just takes over. And I just start saying the weirdest shit possible. And in this specific instance, when I kind of came back into my body... I was saying to this guy, um, my hometown dairy doesn't use hormones. 
like I came back into my lips as they were like hormones and I was like where do we go from here like because dating is just sales where the product is you I made that up but um <laughs> so yeah you lead with your strengths and clearly my non-GMO verified local dairy producer near my parents' house is what I want to get out there first. <laughs> just fucking, you've got to lead with that. You've got to brag about cheese. And also the look on his face, like, it was just one of those things. I kind of was like looking to see if there were exits nearby because the look on his face, he was just, I left him in a conversational purgatory. Like he was just kind of like, uh, he couldn't say congratulations because like I, it's not my dairy because <laughs> I just live near it uh, and he couldn't say like that's amazing because it was the least amazing thing anyone had ever said to another person bowling alley or otherwise I think that might be the end of that area because um, I don't know what else to say except for I wish there was like a I wish there was a tag that would make me feel better about having risked. But I just learned like, oh no, just stay indoors. That's the idea. I know, not funny. But still like, we gotta take something away from that bowling experience. Uh, yeah, never, never risk again. Okay, here's my closer. Um, well, first of all, what do those people with the huge earlobe spacers want us to do? You can just say, fuck you. You don't have to bring the ancient Aztecs into it. Um, I was just going to tell you this really quick. This is, uh, just please do a favor to me. Do not read internet comments about yourself. Don't do it. No matter what you make or what you think or, and even just you're like, I can take it. I know I'm strong enough. You're not. Don't do it. It's the worst. <laughs> And I know this because the first and last internet comment I read about myself was in 2004. And it's a pathetic story, but I had been checking. I had stopped doing stand-up because I had this job that took up all my time. And so what I would do to kind of like try to still be in the mix, I would just like check this website where it was just a bunch of comedy fans that had gone to different shows and they would talk about all the sets they had seen. And I was like, oh, I'd like read what everybody thought about everybody. And then I would every once in a while scan for my name which is very sad because I hadn't been doing set so just like maybe someone had some old memories that they would <laughs> share on this website it was very odd but then one day my name came up and this is what the comment said it said Karen Kilgariff's hot when she's not a lard ass but what do I know I'm a quadriplegic <laughs> so yeah the that feeling that you have right now, it didn't happen to you. It happened to me. Imagine the emotional roller coaster that that paragraph took me on. Karen Kilgaris hot. What? Really? That's not my thing usually. Okay, let's keep going. When she's not a lard ass. Fuck. What number is that? What, where do you mean? I'll change it. But what do I know? Oh, a human moment. This is good. I'm a quadruple. Oh, fuck you. What? 
and then I threw my laptop into the sea. There's a possibility it was just like some kid in junior high and he was lying. Who knows? That's what I'm holding on to. Because if I don't, I go into that basement. I always see him living in a basement. (laughs) Just like a half a foot of water on the ground. The only good thing is that he must have really, deep down he must have liked me because he took all that time to type out that sentence blowing into that tube. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. You've been great. Oh, shit. Karen Kilgariff. Oh, my God. Podcast listeners, leave a comment on the the show page. Um... All right, so I told you before that I like to know how far of a walk I'm going on, so we have two comedians left, and uh, I'm just going to do one quick thing before we head into the home stretch. Um, I like to play a game called Cell Phone Contact Roulette, and so what I need is an audience volunteer to pass up your cell phone to me. I promise I won't do anything weird with it, make a call, text anybody. I just want to look through your contacts, um, talk about people's names and then choose one person who I want you to tell me who they are, no matter what your relationship or history with them is. So if anyone's willing to participate in this social experiment with me, don't be scared. I promise I'm nice. Um, but it's going to be real weird if someone doesn't volunteer. I prom- Thank you so much. A round of applause for this very generous person. Thank you, friend. It's, it's like the, um, the nice people get punished. They're so uncomfortable for the host who's just like out there asking and waiting. Thank you so much. What is your name? Hi, Kristen. Are you sad about this or are you okay? I'm okay. Okay, great. That's terrific. Okay. So, let's start in the A's. Interesting. You have a seemingly random system for putting in last names. Some people get them, some don't. There's Andre, but also Angelique Bennett. Do you not want me to say people's names on a recorded podcast forever? Okay, great. Okay. This is interesting. Oh, wow. Here's an experience I just had. I was like, Aunt Chris. Chris is a man's... Oh, right. Are Beverly and Heather Bennett related to each other? Yes. Can I guess? Yes. Sisters? Married? No. Mother-daughter? Ish. Mother-in-law-daughter. Mother-in-law-daughter. Okay. So far, this is really paying off for the crowd. (laughs) You're welcome. You took time to put the Enya in for Ryan Carino. Do you have a specific memory of holding the, like, N key until it gave the little squiggly line over the letter? Do you remember putting him in with that? It auto-populated from Facebook. Thank you so much, Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs. Does Carlos Maintenance work in maintenance? I mean, you kind of need to with a last name like that, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, interesting. Who's Dar? Darcy. Mm. Okay, right in a row we have 
dentist Naz Kodayari, and then just dermatologist. Did you not get their name on the first appointment and then you're like embarrassed to ask because it's too late? Okay. You have friends with pretty normal names. Usually there's more making fun to do. Is home your home or the restaurant in Los Angeles called home? Your home. Piers Henwood. That's an interesting name, right audience? It makes me think of a chicken coop on a dock. I'm just going to read interesting names as I find them. Berkey Caracas. I'll say Berkey if I want to, goddammit. That's what I affectionately refer to Burke as, Berkey. Mm-hmm. Good. Is that Marine in Missouri, the M-O in parentheses? There's someone named Marine and then M-O in parentheses. Is it Missouri? I grew up in Missouri. Maybe I know her. Moving on. Someone named Michael Sugar. That's a good name. The Nielsens. No time to pause and see if they're related. Mmm. Great. The Plumbergs. I assume they're related. Sean Dog Lady. What's that? Her name is Sean. Sean the dog lady. <laughs> That's the best explanation. Pat Swift. Everybody imagines someone gently, but rapidly. Lightly tapping. The U section in its entirety. Uncle Dave, Uncle Mike, Uncle Tony. Okay, I found who I'm definitely going to ask you about. Um, what is Yip? That's not what I'm going to ask you about, just... Okay. Yip is my best friend. Best friend? Yes. Okay. her nickname, because she always used to just answer Yip. I'll say that in case anyone didn't hear it. It is Christina's? Is that her name? Kristen. Kristen. I'm so sorry I was one letter off from something that happened 20 minutes ago, and I thought about so many names in between. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. I am not right. <laughs> She said that Yip is her best friend, so nicknamed because she would answer, Yip, when you asked her something. That's really cute. I like that a lot. Um, okay, one last question and then the big question. How do you pronounce Danny Zapotochon? Zap- How do you pronounce it? Zapotosny. That is like the noise of something successful happening. Zapotosny. <laughs> Not the noise of me trying to pronounce that person's name. Okay, so the big closing fi- payoff that makes this all worth it. Who is Whiskey Mom? Uh, It's not that interesting. It was a neighbor who had a dog named Whiskey. Hold on. Can you say it again for the listeners? It was a neighbor who had a dog named Whiskey, and I didn't know her name, so I put Whiskey Mom. Oh. You didn't put Whiskey Dog Lady. That would have been great. Well, was that enough for you guys to stop doing this on? Make some noise for Christine. I can't remember. Christine. Without the A. Thanks. I did that this weekend, and it went so well that I was like, I gotta do it at every show. I think it was fine. Okay. Two comedians left. Um, Coming up next to the stage, she is fantastic. Uh, I am super excited to bring her up. Um, This is such a good end to an amazing show. 
I, by end, I mean the remaining two comedians. <laughs> Don't get tricked. And Okay. Uh, she's fantastic. She's moved to L.A. in the not-so-distant past, so we're really glad that she's here. Please welcome the very funny Peggy O'Leary. <laughs> to you because you did AA for two and a half years and there's just a bunch of AA people up top <laughs> and then you stop doing it <laughs> and then you gotta tell a bunch of strangers you used to be in AA <laughs> yeah you guys ever done that <laughs> Woo! it's a weird thing to go back to <laughs> I quit drinking for two and a half years and then I decided to go back to drinking. That's a weird thing to do, because uh, you gotta do this thing, you gotta call your mom. <laughs> Just break her heart for the day. <laughs> like, hey mom, remember when I was a monster? Going back to it. <laughs> it was a rough day, but I, was, I, did it, I did it in a good way. Like I like, talked about it for like months with my therapist. I wrote down a speech that I was gonna say to my mom the day that I decided that I wanted to have a Coors Light, because that was the drink I really wanted to go back to. Uh, uh, I call her up in the morning, you know, so she has all day to think about it. And uh, I call her up, I'm like, hey, Ma, what's up? How was your day? Um, so after a lot of thinking, uh, I decided to go back to drinking. And before I could get into the speech, she just said, oh, thank God. <laughs> If you're not getting married anytime soon, at least you'll be fun at parties again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mom, I thought you were running a family unit, not a fraternity. That's what happens when you're the youngest of six. And your real name's Margaret Mary O'Leary. <laughs> uh, I'm an aggressive woman. Anyone aggressive out there? I don't believe any of you. <laughs> Someone would have just thrown their, down their beer. I'd have been like, she's my bitch. <laughs> anti-woman, uh, but I have a lot of cute guy friends because I do comedy. They're not men. They're cute guy friends. Uh, and they're always like, I love aggressive women. I love aggressive women. No, you don't. No, you do not. You like sexually aggressive women. I will never do butt stuff. But I would fight a cop with you. It's a different fucking call you're making to me. I'm just like, yo, Peg, shit went down. I'm like, that's great. I've been braiding my hair all day. Let's do this. People get offended at that joke. They think that's a political statement. My, I'm a white woman with blonde hair. No one wants to hear my political statements. Also, again, my real name is Margaret Mary O'Leary. I am the youngest of six, and I grew up in Philadelphia. When I say fight a cop, I mean fight my cousins. <laughs> it's fine if they're related to you. It's the Irish way. I'm a, I'm a very lucky woman, though. Uh, I suffer from depression. <laughs> Where are my white bitches at? <laughs> Who's on well, Butria? Oh, 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 get on it. If you're not on that drug, I don't know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> it is the only reason I'm here. <laughs> it is the best. I'm, I actually moved to LA in September. I moved because last winter was terrible in New York, and I had to go back to Philadelphia, which I don't know what thought that would be better than New York, but I went back to Philly and got on some meds. I went back to New York, started doing this new thing. I started uh, fucking a lot of dudes. <laughs> Turns out that's the cure for depression. <laughs> I actually don't know why we're all on pills. Doctors should be like, get it in, girl. 
and send us on our way. Because <laughs> here's the thing. You can't stay in bed when it's not your bed. <laughs> you gotta get up! <laughs> I'm crazy, but not that kind of crazy. <laughs> and then once you're up, you're like, shit, I think I can go to the gym. <laughs> I'm gonna get highlights. People are gonna think I'm fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun, I really love the word pussy a lot. No? I, for the podcast listener, I gave a gunshot to the front row and no one reacted. Fuck everybody. No, uh, I, uh, I love the word pussy a lot, but I, I, uh, people get mad at me for saying that on stage. I, mostly my four older sisters, because they're like, stop it. Respect yourself. I'm like, shut up. Stop being old farts. But I want them to love me. So don't listen to this podcast, sisters. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I just like that word better, and I just, I, whatever, I don't fucking give a fuck. I got one, I'm gonna talk about it, and I don't like the alternative to pussy. Like, the PC word for pussy is vagina. <laughs> I'm gonna say that word again, vagina. Vagina sounds like an annoying girl you went to high school with. <laughs> Doesn't it? You just see her in the hallway. You're like, oh, fuck, here comes vagina again. Shit. <laughs> hey, vagina, how are you? Cool, I know. Yeah. yeah, math class was crazy. Oh, vagina, why are you already sweating? No. Comb your hair, girl. Get it together. <laughs> Pussy sounds like that fun girl you went to high school with. Nobody knows what her real name is. She's just pussy! <laughs> She's the coolest. If she wasn't failing every one of her classes, she would totally be student body president. Everybody loves pussy! <laughs> Boys, girls, jocks, dorks, you see pussy in the hallway, you're like, puss! <laughs> A pussy! <laughs> pussy, what you doing later? You go on the party? Curse you, my pussy! You Christ! <laughs> you crazy pussy! You... <sighs> You're gonna die soon, pussy. Some of you got real sad about that fake character named Pussy. Don't kill her off in the end! Come on, she was an alcoholic. She was gonna die eventually. <laughs> One time after a show, uh, like a really beautiful black man came up to me and he goes, you pussy in that story, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, no one's ever known me so well, sir. <laughs> Guys, I'm Peggy O'Leary, have a good night. Peggy O'Leary! All right, my friends, we are down to our final performer. Um, <laughs> sneak preview. Um, I asked him how he wanted me to introduce him, and he said, tell them that I just taped a role on Take My Wife. <laughs> the show created and written by and starring 
our normal hosts, Rhea Butcher and Cameron Esposito. And if you need more than that, then I can't help. You're at the wrong show. You have to know what I'm talking about at this point. Anyways, what a great way to close out the show. Uh, my, I'm proud to say my friend, the very funny and terrific Howard Kramer, everybody. Howard Kramer! I'll tell you a little about myself. I could be any villain in the movie Taken. If your daughter gets stolen, fly over to Bulgaria, shoot the first 10 guys that look like me. You'll get your daughter back. <laughs> hey, gang. Uh, how you doing? Good? What a, what a night. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, more about me. I live, I live alone. I do. I'm the only one up there. It's just me. <laughs> I, uh, that's it. No wife, no kids, no pets, no plants. <laughs> I'm the only life form up there. It's just me and my yoga ball. And that thing rolls around on its own sometimes. Sometimes it just hits me in the leg. That's the closest I get to companionship. <laughs> hey, little yoga ball. And then I push it away. So I can't handle the intimacy. I can't handle the intimacy. Uh, I came to this town undrafted. No invitation, no summons, no, nobody wanted me to come, but you know, uh, showbiz doesn't have a draft, so this is not that bad. NFL doesn't work like showbiz, you know, there's not just some town you move to to break into the NFL, just to move to the NFL town, hang around Starbucks, maybe. Somebody will notice me. I uh, work out four times a day. And maybe someone will see me there. Then all the other baristas are just, they're cut too, and it's rough. You see some guy scribbling on a napkin? Hey, what are you, what are you writing? A play. <laughs> what kind of play is it? It's an offensive play. <laughs> oh, really? I, I could be in an offensive play. I can block, I can run. Well, I'm not a coach yet. I just moved here to break into the NFL. So, uh, basically not much would get done. It's very inefficient. It'd be like this town, there'd be, uh, you know, 20 games a year and 14 of them would get a 60% rating and be bad news, gang. Bad news. It's been hot lately. Hot day's tough on a lonely guy. Standing out there in the heat, no one wants to talk to you. Sweating. Sun don't care. Sun don't care that you're lonely. 
Some don't got nobody either. It's not waiting for the end of his shift to go see what the moon's doing. Just doesn't care. Hey, gang, uh, good to see you guys. All right, let's do this. Um, you know, I think that there should only be one loud thing per person. That should be all you get, one loud thing per person. Like, uh, if you go and dye your hair purple, your hair's all purple now, then don't talk at the movies. You, you, you exhausted that possibility already. Hey, you guys like movies? Yeah. I love movies, but they're too long, guys. They're too long. Uh, I saw uh, Straight Outta Compton. Great movie, but it was two and a half hours long. NWA doesn't have two and a half hours worth of music. Look it up right now. They don't. That movie was long, gang. I was straight out of popcorn. Uh, thank you. You can you can do that. That's okay. Uh, I saw La La Land. Uh, oh, hey, come on! I thought it was great, but it was long, gang. It was two and a half hours long. You know what was the most uh, the most uh, the most unrealistic thing about La La Land was no loud motorcycles going by to drown out every other line of dialogue. <laughs> That's not the LA I know. That's not the LA I know. I was walking down the was walking down the sidewalk, and uh, I'll tell you, sidewalk's tough on a lonely guy. <laughs> There's parties of two coming down, parties of three. They don't move. They just decide it's a one-way. They force the lonely guy up into the grass. I don't know what's in there. It's stuff in there. It's fraught with peril. What happened to the double imaginary, the double, the imaginary double yellow line? What happened to that, gang? I don't know. All right, let me look at this, and then we'll do it. We'll get going. I, um... Yeah, I did that. It was good. <laughs> um, I don't like um, loud noises. I wear earplugs all the time. I don't like the motorcycles, like I said. I don't like whistling. People whistle. They just decide to impose that melody, and... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes they'll do it when there's already a song playing. I was at Whole Foods, Hot Blooded by Foreigner was playing. And then um, dude just started whistling, not even Hot Blooded, just his own tune. And um, it happens at the ATM. I'm trying to do math in my head, and you're going to do an invasive whistle? Here's how you get it to stop. This is for real. This is how you get it to stop. You don't look at the person, don't engage them. As soon as they start in with the you just go, no. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? It'll happen two, three times, and then I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> no. 
After a while, it just becomes so uncomfortable they stop, or they'll go somewhere else to whistle. All right, I gotta get this thing cooking. Let's do it. I've been trying to meet people. Uh, I've been getting out there. I, I've been starting to play that game Dungeons and Dragons. You know, it's been tough. Um, I walk in, I slap a dollar on the table. I got next. And uh, it's not a good way to get into the Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons world. Hey gang, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do, I'll do a quickie. I'll do a quickie for you. Let's do a quickie. All right, um, I'm, I'm getting out of comedy. This is, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working my way out of the biz. A lot of people would say, hey, I just won't do comedy, any, comedy anymore, but um, I like to bleed it out. So um, I'll do a couple shows and just make each one progressively worse. But um, the dismount, I got some business ideas. Uh, one is a vending machine. It's a uh, potato chip. Potato chip. You put in a penny, and it gives you one potato chip. What else are you gonna do with your pennies? They're irrelevant. Is this the penny people? They put the penny people over here. What are you gonna? What are you guys? You guys are nuts. Um, that's it. But I mean, you got no other use for your pennies. Might as well get a potato chip. Oh, they're addictive. I'll eat too many. Just, you only probably got six pennies. Don't worry about it. But um, I'll tell you what. Other vending machines, they don't care about your pennies. Potato? We give a chip. That's how it's done. Some of you weren't on board with that joke until the very last word. And then I dropped the magic syllable. Boom, you're in. Oh, they told me how much time to do, and I've already blasted past it. Let me do one more quickie and get out of here. They say, they say 40 is the new 30. Unless you die. Then you were 40. I don't know if I like the way that ended. Hey, guys, uh, I'm lonely. Uh, uh, lonely guy. I'm, uh, I'm the Michael Jordan of Peter Pan's. Um, Met a lot of these, a lot of these young guys. Some of them you see sitting around the audience. They think they're gonna make it last. They think they're gonna hit 40 and still be where I'm at. But I got the stats. I had another Michael Westbrook like year this year. No commitments, no wife, no kids, no pets, no plants. If there was a way to get rid of every dust mite, I would do that. I don't need the competition. I gotta get out of here. Thanks, you guys. You've been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Howard Graber. Holy shit. Quick check-in. How was the live experience? Family, are you mad at her for bringing you? Extended family? Is it okay to call you that? Fantastic. And what do you think? Chattanooga approves! We did it! Thank you so much. This has been Put Your Hands Together. One last closing round of applause for all the amazing comedians you saw tonight. I'm Zach Sherwin. We're here every Tuesday at 8. Put Peace. your hands together. Put 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 
your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.